Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 54 degrees outside at 510. I'm happy to bring on my next guest. He's running for Senate in Pennsylvania, Dave McCormick. Dave McCormick, I'm sorry we didn't meet each other in person down at CPAC. Hey, sorry to miss you, Rob. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. So you have this, you're running for Senate against Bob Casey. Um, I see you just posted about two hours ago, uh, four hours ago, asking for Bob Casey to join you for an immediate resignation of Summerlee, Representative Summerlee from uh, the other side of Pennsylvania for some of the comments she's made. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. I mean, Summer Lee has been um, just a, a voice of, of radicalism. Um, she's uh, been associated with all sorts of anti-Semite statements, and she's speaking at this uh, for this group called CARE, K-A-I-R, which is a, a, a Muslim group that has a very anti-Israel uh, statement, a leader that spewed hatred, and Summer Lee's the keynote. And um, so Summerlee should uh, – that doesn't represent the people of western Pennsylvania, where I grew up and – or uh, where I live in Squirrel Hill right next to the Tree of Life Synagogue. And it doesn't represent all of Pennsylvania. And Bob Casey's endorsed her. Uh, and so I called on Summerlee to resign and Bob Casey to pull back on his endorsement and, uh, and show some moral leadership and moral clarity. And he's shown neither of those things in, in, throughout his career, but certainly as it relates to Israel. And it's, t- it's time for him to, uh, to stand up. And one of the true differences between you and him as you're running for his position in the Senate. Uh, and Summer Lee is, is she's quasi a member of the squad, and it appears from her radical, getting more and more radical, looking to replace Cori Bush or Rashida Talib in that standard. So you're rightful in calling for her resignation. You're rightful to call for the representatives for all of Pennsylvania to call her out for her rhetoric. No, no doubt about it. And, you know, this is a, a broader point, too, which is, I mean, we're at a, we're at a point of national crisis. We're at a point of economic crisis, the border crisis, the fentanyl crisis, uh, the the war on energy, the crime challenges we have across our, our great commonwealth and our country. And we're, we have a, a world outside our borders that is uh, absolutely destabilized by the minute with what's happening in the Middle East, Iran's underwriting of terror, uh, China, the challenge from China rattling his saber, and, and of course, Russia's attack in the Ukraine. And we, we are in a moment where we need leadership. We need people who are going to stand up, um, who are going to be able to differentiate between right and wrong. And, and Bob Casey's been senator for 18 years, and he's done none of that. He, he's not done any of that recently, and he's not done any of that in his 18 years. And in times of uh, you know, normalcy, maybe you can get by with a senator who doesn't do anything. But in the times of crisis, Pennsylvania deserves someone who will stand up, uh, defend their interests, and speak truth. I actually have a couple of clips from uh, some of your speech down at CPAC that I want to get into because I also want to talk. We we have a, a, a lot of military friends in common. I want to talk a little bit about your military experience, something that Bob Casey does lack. Jay, can you play that piece through strength piece from CPAC? This is a recording at CPAC that just took place last week. Well, I think I think the the best thing we can do to ensure our adversaries aren't testing us and challenging us is to show strength, and we have a president in Joe Biden that's showing weakness. Uh, we've lost deterrence. We had deterrence under President Trump. We had a, a leader where people said, okay, we, got, we better be careful about messing with the United States. Uh, we're, we're not sure what we're gonna get. Deterrence is having ability, it's having will, and it's keeping them guessing. 
Biden has lost the capability, hasn't shown the will, and he, do, he does the opposite. He forecasts exactly what he's going to do. And that's our biggest problem. That's why we're being tested. Uh, that's why we're being tested in Europe with Russia's evasion of Ukraine. That's why we're being tested by China. Uh, that's why we're, we're being tested by Iran. It's because they perceive weakness. Go to the playground. We all grew up on it. If the bully perceives weakness, they're going to push. They're going to punch. So we got to get strength. That's number one. With- uh, a great take. And for people that don't know your background, you're a graduate of West Point, the West, uh, United States Military Academy. Uh, you went to the United States Army Airborne School and Rangers School. You were named the Honor Graduate of Rangers School. You joined the 82nd Airborne Division at Fort, Br- Fort Bragg, North Carolina in 1987. You were part of the first wave of U.S. troops sent to Iraq during the Gulf War in 1991. And you were the executive officer of a combat engineering company of 130 soldiers tasked with clearing minefields and destroying enemy munitions. You know war firsthand. You know military strength firsthand. You've been literally the tip of the spear with the 82nd Airborne. Uh, so you know what you're talking about when it comes to this. Yeah, well, you know, I, those who have served in the military, they're, they're the ones that I think are, are most, uh, you know, most careful about putting uh, uh, the men and women in our armed forces in harm's way. I, I also know you've got a a naval, a naval uh, midshipman in your family uh, that I'm sure you're very proud of. And, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that experience really shaped me, that experience of service, uh, both the military experience of, you know, of leading others, the experience of being part of an, an organization that's truly meritocratic. I, I was with a platoon. I had a, you know, an African-American guy in my platoon from Newark. I had a, uh, a white kid from rural Alabama. I had a platoon sergeant from Puerto Rico. I had a college dropout from Boston. You know, we never talked about politics or religion. Uh, we just were part of a team in support of one another and support of America. And, uh, and that experience is uh, it's, it's a, it's a great foundation for life, and it's a great foundation for, for public service, but it's most important a foundation for leadership. You, you know, you learn that when you get done with the road march, you wait and take everybody else's boots off and check their blisters before you check your own. You eat, you eat last in the chow line. That's the kind of leadership I think we need in America. Um, Bob Casey's not been a leader, and if anything I could have changed about the clip you, um, you said, I would have said one sentence at the end, which is, and in all those uh, examples of weakness, uh, Bob Casey has supported Joe Biden every step of the way. And it's a time for leaders. It's a time for leadership. Uh, America is, is at risk. America's in decline. And the only way to turn it around is to get people in there that believe America's exceptional and are going to fight to keep it that way. Absolutely. And, and, and I have, my son's an F-18 fighter pilot. My daughter's at the, the academy now. I, I, I feel that firsthand. This Just at CPAC, I was having discussions with the former director of intelligence for the Pacific Fleet. I was having discussions with the, the former director of intel for the Joint Chiefs. Uh, the threat is very real, and I don't think America realizes that. And what's going on around America, be it the Red Sea, be it uh, you know with Israel, be it the with the the South China Sea, with the aggression that China is showing, uh, the threats are very real, and they're all watching each other to see our response. And, and you're 100 percent correct. There is no warrior, there is no member of our military that actually wants to go to war, but they want to be prepared and ready to do it and show force if they're ever called to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. And, um, you know, deterrence, to your point, it, it's, it's a combination of three things. It's a combination of capability. It's a combination of the will to use it. And it's a combination of, of you know, strategic uncertainty where you create doubt in the uh, adversary's mind on how you're going to respond. And we, we really did have that under President Trump, and we've lost that under President Biden. And, and the scary thing about deterrence, deterrence is like uh, 
it's like a great reputation. It takes it takes a long time to get it, build it, and it's easy to lose. And once you've lost it, it's hard to get back. And we we lost deterrence, and uh, it's due to the weak leadership of uh, of Joe Biden, but also you know his enablers uh, like Bob Casey. And one of the things you bring to the table is your business background. You're 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 accomplished businessman in this nation. You've served our nation in, in the administrations in a business capacity. Uh, one of the biggest um, things we hold over China's head is economics. Um, yeah. They're they're saber rattling. They're they're showing their military's teeth every now and then. But you know, speaking to the people that I was speaking to this past week at CPAC, it's economics where we where we really hold a stronghold to hopefully stave off any military response to anything they do. And, and like anything else, things change. Uh, where yeah. 20 years ago, you know, when China was a growing economy that wanted to be a partner with us, things were different. I mean, back in the day, we were giving F-14s to Iran, and look at us now. Things change, times change, and now it's at a point where we have to go take a different stance when it comes to them and hold economics over their head and let them know that our military will be prepared if they want to push it, but we don't want that. Yeah, I, I yeah, c- couldn't agree more. I, yeah, as you as you said, I grew up not far from where you are right right now. I grew up in Bloomsburg and uh, a small town and, you know, grew up bailing hay and trimming Christmas trees and went, went on uh, to a great military career and, uh, and then a, a business career. And that business career, you know, the thing you learn when you grow a business, I ran two, two companies uh, over the last 20 years. The thing you learn is that America, you know, America free enterprise, uh, American innovation, uh, American capability to invent, it's it's uh, our our uh, free enterprise system is the greatest in the world, and we can out compete anybody in the world if we're on a level playing field. And the problem with China is that we've not been on a level playing field. Uh, we've given China access to our markets, and we've given them preferential trade treatment, and they haven't followed the rules. They've stole stealing uh, stole rather our intellectual property. Uh, they've uh, had unfair trade practices. And the worst part about this, Rob, is we've made ourselves dependent on them. We made ourselves dependent on them for semiconductors, dependent on them for pharmaceuticals. We learned during COVID. So we have an adversary who's been treating us unfairly, but on top of that, we've made ourselves dependent on them. And, uh, and I've laid out a plan of six bands to get things back on track with China, to re- reestablish our independence from China, stop uh, the preferential trade treatments, stop the flow of fentanyl, ban their uh, buying of strategic farmland, stop investing our companies uh, having investments in China that are going to help the Chinese uh, military uh, kick them out of the World Health Organization because they haven't been transparent on COVID. So we need to get tough with China. And guess what's happening right now? This is the crazy thing. The entire Biden administration strategy is to do this transformation on alternative energy. And guess where all the lithium batteries and the solar panels come from? So we're spending trillions of dollars to pay the Chinese government and Chinese-owned companies for solar panels and lithium batteries to, to, to underwrite our, our new alternative energy economy, which Biden is pushing. And in doing so, we're making them um, you know, more in the strategic driver's seat because our economy is becoming more dependent on China. And so this is the kind of deeply flawed thinking that uh, the Biden and, and, and Casey – have been perpetuating, and that's why we need somebody who's going to shake it up in Washington. Someone's got common sense, and someone's going to lead. And uh, and I, I'm I'm sorry to say, Bob Casey's done none of those things. 
I have about 30 seconds less left, Dave McCormick, running for Senate here in Pennsylvania against Bob Casey. How are you going to be a different senator for the people here in Pennsylvania? You've mentioned some of it, but in a nutshell, if you had to sum it up in 30 seconds, you know, how are you going to be different than a Bob Casey? I'd say two things. I don't know anybody anything except the people of Pennsylvania. I'm my own guy, so I'm going to fight for them. And two, I'm going to Washington to break glass. It's a, it's a moment that glass needs to be broken. And uh, I've got no objective uh, other than serving the people of Pennsylvania. And if they put me in the Senate, I'm going to do my best to fight for them and make things change. Um, I'm at DaveMcCormickPA.com. Grateful for the opportunity to be on your show and grateful for your listeners to uh, dial in here. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you calling in. We're speaking with Dave McCormick, running for Senate in Pennsylvania against Bob Casey. Dave, thanks. And keep in touch with us here at the Rob O'Donnell Show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was Bob, Dave McCormick uh, running for Senate against Bob Casey. It's uh, 5.23 here at WIK. Time for traffic and, and weather. Thank you so much. We have this Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update brought to you by the Earl Tolerico Agency. North River Street in Plains. Looks like a bit of a backup on Northern Boulevard and Clark Summit because of that construction that they're doing near Shady Lane. Still road work on 80 westbound near the 80 junction. That is slowing you up as well. That's 80 westbound near Drums near the 81 junction. Other than that, no reports of any accidents, no major holdups. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. From the WILK Traffic Center, Nikki Stone with this Penteladata Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, more clouds, above average temperatures, low 38. Tomorrow, increasing clouds with showers by late afternoon, warm, high 58. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with spotty showers, warming and turning breezy, high near 60. Thursday, leap day, few flakes early, clearing breezy and turning colder, high 40. Friday, mostly sunny, high 51. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high near 50. Sunday, mostly sunny, high near 57. It's currently 53 degrees and cloudy now here at 524. Let me tell you about BudgetBlinds.com. Owner Tom Rick, that's who you're going to get in touch with. They are the owners of Budget Blinds. They cover all of Northeast Pennsylvania. Leader in custom window treatments, 90% more options than your big box stores. Budget Blinds is proud to offer the best warranty program in the industry, including their no questions asked guarantee, which means you're going to save money. Blinds, shades, shutters, drapes, 30 years of style and expert service. They service everything they sell. You will not be disappointed. Go to BudgetBlinds.com for your free virtual or in-house consultation. BudgetBlinds.com. Check them out. You with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio here on this Monday, February 26, 2024. It's five, almost 528 here, 53 degrees outside. Well, the Palestinian prime minister has submitted the government his resignation on a move that could open the door to reforms. Palestinian Prime Minister announced the resignation of his government on Monday, paving the way for a shakeup at the Palestinian Authority, which the U.S. hopes will eventually take a role in a post-war Gaza. Many obstacles remain to making the revamped Palestinian Authority a reality. Palestinian President Muhammad Abbas, whose forces were driven from Gaza by Hamas, in 2007, has made clear that he would like the PA to govern the enclave after war. 
but is deeply unpopular among Palestinians. And Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has roundly rejected the idea of putting the authority in charge of the territory. Now, just for a little geopolitical education for people who don't understand, Hamas pushed out the Palestinian Authority. The, the Palestinian Authority used to had the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. They were forced out of the Gaza Strip and moved to just the West Bank. So the Palestinian Authority has control over the West Bank, and Hamas is the elected government of Gaza, the Palestinian Strip. So by the Palestinian Authority's prime minister resigning really has no immediate effect on Gaza, but they're trying to make a more responsible government by appearance anyway to the West, to America, to Israel, to say, hey, once you're done in Gaza, we could come in and we can regovern it. You know, we're the kinder, nicer Palestinian Authority. So that, that's what's going on there. Hamas is the elected government. They are the government of Gaza. That's why when you hear um, the Gaza Health Ministry, you know, gave, gave a number of casualties. The Gaza um, Health Ministry says this, or it's Hamas. That's where you're getting the information from. It's from Hamas. And we've already found out that the WHO, the UN, um, are all can't be trusted when it comes to what's going on there. And at times could even be shown as collaborators, collaborators to what has happened there as far as tunnels right under their facilities and other stuff. So this shows there's some change where the Palestinian Authority at the West Bank, or parts of the West Bank anyway, is a first step towards a process of ushering in reforms sought by the United States as international re negotiations ramp up to bring about a ceasefire. It's the post-war era. Now, now, Israel has made it very clear that they are not going to stop to Hamas is eradicated, and that's their right, and that's what they intend to do. It's what happens after that. That's the question. Who comes in to fill that void? Is it a multinational force from around the area that is both going to govern and patrol that area? Uh, it has yet to be seen. Is it because it's it's got to be okay with Israel because it will be their neighbor? It's got to be okay by Egypt and Turkey and a bunch of other places that are surrounding the area and has um, a stake in what happens there. But this is a small step in a direction that looks like they want to be more open to the area as far as what happens after aggressions are done in the area, after Hamas is hunted and removed from the face of the earth. It seems to be a daunting task, and uh, when you're dealing with a populace, with an enemy that hides itself amongst its populace, it becomes even harder. It's uh, 5.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. That's a great intro, Jake there. Little Van Halen at 5.36 on the Rob O'Donnell Show. Well, Rona McDaniels has officially announced her resignation as the RNC chair. Don't let the door hit you on the butt on the way out. Simple as that. The leadership at the RNC has been lacking tremendously for years. She could try and spin it any way she wants. We lost. We lost. 
we lost under her leadership, or lack thereof, I should say. So thankfully, now who will be the successor is another thing. And some of the names that I've heard I don't like already. I think it should be independent of any candidate. I think it should be someone who is a proven leader, both a business leader and a political leader, that knows the ways around the system. But we'll just have to see. She's utterly failed. Um, for years now, I've spoken to the national GOP level that there is no ground game in Pennsylvania. I've spoken to local. And again, they all have their little niches, and they don't want to ruin their little niches. I get it. But you know, the, the object should be winning, right? The object should be getting our platforms in places to we can make policy, to where we can make laws, to where we can do the things that need to be done, get the people in the places that can do them. And they need to do a better job of doing it. There is zero on the ground game here in Pennsylvania. And it's not a game. But they need to show up. They need to speak to the people where the people are. And they need to let people know and stop letting mainstream media, which we've seen how disingenuous they are, Democrat pundits talking and do the talking themselves and get the message and like I said, get a front line rather than a circular firing squad. Time and time again, they're killing the Republican movement. They're killing that stance. And like I said, one of the biggest things we need to do is as much as you're against it, as much as you don't like it, I'm sorry, until we have both houses of Congress and the administration, mail-in voting, early voting, is the way it is right now. And if we don't embrace that, which thankfully the current candidates are, thankfully the talking points have changed to yes, we must if you look at the amount of votes that Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden in 2020, if he would have embraced thoroughly mail-in voting, if he would have thoroughly embraced early voting, in the swing states that mattered, he would have won. Because it didn't. It, there wasn't that many vote difference. And it's that monstrous, don't do it, don't trust it. It's the system that's legally in place right now, and we must embrace it because they are kicking our asses in doing it. Early voting. Mail-in voting. Ballot harvesting where it's legal. And unless we learn and fight fire with fire and use the current systems, like them or not, that's what's there. And if we don't, we lose. It's as simple as that. If we don't, we lose. That's one of the biggest things I want to see whoever comes in to lead the RNC to say, okay, don't like them, don't trust them. Let's change them when we have control of everything, if that's what you want to do. Let's do away with early voting. Let's do away with mail-in voting. Let's do ID voting. I'm fine with all that. But right now, that's not the system that's in place. And unless we take and embrace mail-in voting, unless we embrace early voting, unless we embrace ballot harvesting in places where it's legal as Republicans, as conservatives, we are going to continue to lose. And if we continue to lose, you're looking at the policies that are destroying us right now. 
you're looking at the chaos that we're seeing around our nation. So that's one of the biggest things I want to see from the RNC. But again, every name I've heard to replace is not someone I would choose or want there. So we have to do better there, too, because it's just going to be a lot more of the same old, same old. It's 541 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. And thank you, Rob. It looks like there's still some delays on 80 westbound around the 80 junction or 81 junction. That might hold you up just a little bit. Um, we don't have any reports of any accidents. 81's looking good. 476, the PA Turnpike looks good. 84 and 380. Just a little bit of heavy traffic on Davis Street in Scranton. And you're a bit bumper to bumper on North Pennsylvania Avenue in Wilkes-Barre. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269 from the WILK Traffic Center. Nikki Stone with this Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. You can't mail in the traffic. No, I, why not? <laughs> That's not the policy of the rules in the place. I now, if we take over both houses of shows and <laughs> the administration here, we could change that. Let's try that. Let's overthrow. There you go. Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, more clouds, average temperatures, low of 38. Above average temperatures, low 38. Tomorrow, increasing clouds with showers by late afternoon, warm high 58. Wednesday, mostly cloudy and spotty showers, warming and turning breezy, high near 60. Thursday's leap day, few flakes early, clearing, breezy, turning colder, high 40. Friday, mostly sunny, high 51. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high near 50. Sunday, mostly sunny, high near 57. Looks like a beautiful weekend here. Currently 51 degrees outside at 543. That's it for your official weather station. I could listen to that all day, Jake. Simple as that. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. So we're on the back end of it, about quarter to six here. Um... Listen, here we are. I'm looking at this CNN Politics article. There are five days until a partial government shutdown, and lawmakers have yet to reach a deal to avert it. Now, for you listeners that are here with me through and through, you know I talked about this after we had the last temporary budget deal to get us to this budget cliff, ceiling, debt, whatever the hell we want to call it. Uh, Debacle. They don't want to do their jobs. And I said... Okay, you made your deal. You gave yourself, what, three months, I think it was? I want to see them working 12 to 14-hour days each and every day until they hash out a deal. Did they? No, they didn't. It's five days before, and they don't have a deal. It just goes to show the incompetence and the unserious nature of the people we send to Washington. We need to do better. And I don't care which side of the aisle. This is affecting everyone. This isn't a political issue. This is an incompetence issue. Five days we reach... A government shutdown again. And all they're going to do is point fingers at each other. All they're going to do is raise funding off it. All they're going to do is um, help themselves with their next election because of it. And who gets screwed? You or I. I don't care what political party. I don't care what letter you have after your name. R, D, I. I don't care if you're a communist. I do kind of care if you're a communist. But that said, they're not doing their jobs. Their primary duty is for funding our government. Their primary duty is to drop a budget, foot the bills, 
secure our futures, fund our military. They're not doing any of that. And it's, it, again, I, I said after the last deal and a deal before that and a deal before that. And they're not doing it. They're not doing any of it. Five days to a partial government shutdown again. And then I think in a week, the second part of it kicks in because they split the last one up into two to not make it look so bad. There's no clear path to avert the government shutdown as they run into key funding deadlines. Lawmakers are hoping to release the text of a bipartisan spending deal Sunday evening, but the bill has yet to be unveiled. High-level disagreements over policy issues remain as House Speaker Mike Johnson, Louisiana Republican, is under immense pressure from his right flank to fight for conservative wins. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat from New York, warned of the risk of a shutdown in a Dear Colleague letter Sunday and said the intense discussions are underway with Johnson and other key lawmakers. Schumer blamed chaos within the House Republican Conference for the delays. While we had hoped to have legislation ready for this weekend, we'll give uh, ample time for members to review the text. It's clear now that the House Republicans need more time to sort themselves out. Johnson later took a swing at Schumer, criticizing the House GOP, writing on social media, despite the counterproductive rhetoric from Leader Schumer's letter, the House has worked nonstop and is continuing to work in good faith to reach agreement with the Senate on compromised government funding bills in advance of the deadline. It's not hard here. You have two sides who want totally different things. No one is going to get 100% of what they want. But no one is willing to sacrifice anything to reach a compromise. It's just a fact of life here. The Republicans are not going to get everything they want because they don't have the Senate. The Senate is not going to get everything they want because they don't have the House. So a compromise is the only thing. No one gets 100% of what they want. You're lucky if you get 50%. And it's who has the best rhetoric to blame the other that tries to win the public perception reality. You know what? How about you lock yourselves in a room, come out with a bill, and put it out to the American people in language that the American people can understand. Not a thousand-page mess where you hide all sorts of nonsense in it. And then let well-educated Americans decide what's best for them, who they agree with and who they don't agree with. And put in, hey, we also wanted this but didn't get it on both sides. Chuck Schumer should write a whole list of these are the things we asked for and it didn't get in. And the, Democrat, and the Republicans in the House should put a whole list of things that they wanted in that couldn't get in. And yet here's the compromise in the middle. It's not rocket science, but they think we're stupid. As a matter of fact, they count on we're stupid because we keep sending them there. Let me take this uh, phone call here we got before we go. We have uh, Paul from Wilkesbury on the RNC. Paul. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, regarding the RNC, um, you know, you mentioned a, a few of the candidates. And, and, and one, of the, one of the real problems, I think, is Laura Trump. I'm a Democrat, so I'm not terribly upset by it at all. But, you know, if you put Laura Trump in charge of the RNC, um, she's already said that every penny is going to go to Donald Trump. And that, you know, the American people want to contribute to his 
um, legal fees you know, as part of the RNC. My question, and this is you know to you or any Republican, when a Republican in a swing district or a swing state like Pennsylvania, like McCormick, uh, goes to the RNC and says, you know, Casey's out raising me, uh, I need more money, uh, or somebody in one of those Biden districts that Biden won but as a Republican representative, when they come to the RNC and says, I can't look like I'm totally on board with Trump, but I need to win this district, and I can't do that, but I need some money. What do you think the answer is going to be from the RNC? They're going to say either you're on board with Trump or you're going to get the hell out of here, but you're not getting any money anyway because every penny has to go to Donald Trump. I think the Republican parties put themselves in a terrible situation uh, if they put, you know, Lord Trump. But again, Trump's calling the shots and people can't stand up to him for stuff like this. So you're going to make your own bed. You're going to line it as far as I can see. I, I think Laura Trump would be a great person to run the RNC if she wasn't Donald Trump's daughter, but she is, so I don't think she should be there. That's my opinion there. And I think you're you're oversimplicating the article. The RNC has a budget just like everything else. Every dime is not going to Donald Trump. It can't, by legally, by, by their standards. So, um, yes, they'll be fundraising. You bring up valid questions as, of if, if Trump surrogates, Trump family members are running the RNC. As far as other races across the nation, how does that affect them for for support or don't support are they free to choose who they want and such like that those are valid points that's why i said i don't like any of the names being mentioned now and i don't think anybody related to anybody should be running now right for well, exactly I, I i like i said i couldn't agree more but as a democrat i i, I look at this as a republican problem that they're going to need to get themselves out of yep and we'll have to see like i said i'm waiting to see uh, yeah. some names that come up when it goes forward but i appreciate you call bull sure thanks thank you and it's valid. Um, I, like I said, I don't. As it, as much at this point, we're down to the two candidates. Nikki Haley does not have any path, so I'm sorry I'm writing her out. I know people with JFK out there. Um, listen, the, he was running as a Democrat, and they never gave him a chance. Uh, now he's sort of an independent, or is he independent? Is he running as a third party? Uh, I'm not even sure where he stands now. But let's be honest, he does not stand a chance either. Um, there's, it's too far out of the realm, uh, as that goes. So this is a two person race. And, and at this point you have to make a decision. Do you want another four years of what we have now? And if that's what you want, that's your right to have it. That's fine. Or are you willing to say, okay, this is my choice and it's better than Biden. So that's what I'm doing. That's where I'm at. So I I've, I've allowed, uh, you guys to know how I felt along this process, but here's where we are now. And like I said, we need to embrace mail-in voting. We need to embrace early voting. We need to uh, embrace uh, ballot harvesting where it's legal. We need to do better reach out at the the national and state level as far as the GOP goes and the RNC. Uh, We need proper RNC leadership, and I just don't see that in the horizon right now. Without that, we're doomed come the rest of this year. We're doomed. And then you're dealing with... Biden surrogates, does Biden do a year? Does he step down? Do they try and just hide him and let his handlers make the decisions like they mostly are now? I mean, anyone who thinks Biden is really making the decisions there, come on. Come on. And, it, you know, listen, can we guide through another four years? Can can they manipulate the economy and inflation and the jobs numbers like they have been for four years? Another four years is maybe stretching it until— uh, you know, we start hitting some some dead ends. More so, world threats. World threats like I talk about. 
China, where you have every expert in the field saying it's not a matter of if, but when we have a terrorist attack here at home, then who do we have capable of dealing with it? And I don't think we have the capable people in there now. It's uh, 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Monday, February 26, 2024. Again, 50 degrees outside, mostly cloudy, almost 6 o'clock on this Monday, February 26, 2024. Uh, looks like there's some breaking news out of Virginia where uh, Virginia reporting, Virginia News reporting an illegal alien from Venezuela who crossed into El Paso, Texas in September of 2023 was released into the U.S., is now arrested and charged with sexually assaulting a minor in Campbell County, Virginia, being held with no bond at this time. Again, breaking news out of Virginia from the media down there. We'll probably discuss that and much more tomorrow. It's glad to be back with you in Northeast Pennsylvania. God bless, be safe, and we'll see you again tomorrow.